0: Hello everyone, welcome to the second episode of the podcast, Paediatric Rheumatology by Dr. Sagar Bhattad. We know that children often present with fever and rash and they are brought to their pediatrician with these complaints. Since there are so many reasons to why a child can present with fever and rash, we must know that an important differential is Kawasaki disease. Today we shall be discussing about the Kawasaki disease. So let us hear from our expert, Dr. Sagar Bhattar, who is a pediatric rheumatologist and immunologist at Asta CMI Hospital. He is the first DM in the country and a specialist in this field. Hello, Dr. Sagar. Hi Rashna. So Dr. Sagar, can you tell us what is Kawasaki disease?
1: So Kawasaki disease is one of the most common vasculitis. In children. In fact it is the most common vasculitis in children below the age of five and we believe this could be the most common form of vasculitis across all age groups. It is basically a medium vessel vasculitis which can damage several medium-sized vessels in the body but the predilection is to the coronaries and this often presents in young children with fever and rashes.
0: So, how common is this disease among children?
1: Kawasaki disease was first described almost 5-6 to decades ago by Dr. Tomisaku Kawasaki in Japan. Right now, we know that every year in Japan more than 10,000 children get affected with this disease. In India, this disease is grossly underdiagnosed. At least in one study from a hospital in North India, they publish that 9 out of 1 lakh children below the age of 5 develop Kawasaki disease. But then this is a hospital-based data, clearly this is an under-reporting of the problem statement in the community. And as large number of these children remain undiagnosed, I would say the number is much much larger and there is an urgent need for pediatricians and for parents to recognize when their children has sign, uh, their children have signs and symptoms of Kawasaki disease.
0: As you mentioned, this is the most common vasculitis in children. Could you also tell us about the signs and symptoms that these children present with?
1: Children with Kawasaki disease often present to us with high-grade fever. Along with fever, they have red eyes, but there is no discharge. A discharging eye is often seen in a viral fever, whereas in kawasaki disease it is a red eye with no discharge these children also have red lips red tongue which we describe as if a strawberry tongue and these children can have rashes all over the body they sometimes develop swelling of their extremities and often in the second week they start peeling they start having peeling of the skin around the fingers so these are the characteristic signs and symptoms of kawasaki disease fever Red eyes, rashes, red lips, red tongue, and sometimes cervical lymphadenopathy, extremity edema, and peeling of the skin.
0: Dr. Sagar, as you mentioned, there are such characteristic signs with what these children can present with. Why do you think it is so underdiagnosed in the community?
1: Now, if you look at the signs and symptoms, they can often mimic any other common tropical infection. For example, a child presenting with fever and red eyes would be often diagnosed to have some form of viral fever. A child with fever and extreme irritability, which is often seen in children with Kawasaki disease, can be misdiagnosed to have meningitis. A child who presents to us with fever and cervical adenopathy would often be diagnosed to have viral or bacterial lymphadenitis and given antibiotics. As these signs and symptoms often mimic common conditions that we see in childhood, most often these children are treated for presumed infections and the basic diagnosis is not arrived at. That is the basic problem.
0: Do all children present with these signs and symptoms or there are some children who might not have all the signs and symptoms that you mentioned?
1: That's a very pertinent question. I would say almost one third of children with Kawasaki disease do not have all the signs and symptoms and what we call incomplete Kawasaki disease naturally the diagnosis would be much more challenging in this situation as they do not have all the signs and symptoms and especially infants below the age of one most often I would say would not have all the signs and symptoms making the diagnosis much more challenging
0: is there any particular diagnostic test that can help us know that a child has Kawasaki disease
1: Now, this is another important question because often when we offer the diagnosis of Kawasaki disease to parents the very next question is how do you confirm it do you have a diagnostic test unfortunately at the moment we do not have a single diagnostic test which can confirm a diagnosis of Kawasaki disease the diagnosis is basically based on clinical science and symptomatology and supported by a few laboratory criteria for example most of these children would have very high inflammatory parameters, an elevated ESR, erythrocyte sedimentation rate, elevated CRP, and often have leukocytosis and develop thrombocytosis in the second week of their illness. Presence of leukopenia, presence of a consistently negative CRP beyond the first 5 days will make Kawasaki disease unlikely. So there are characteristic signs and symptoms supported by a few lab features which help us make this diagnosis, but there is no single diagnostic test.
0: You mentioned that Kawasaki disease has a predilection for the coronaries. So do you feel there is a role of echocardiogram in Kawasaki?
1: Definitely. Echocardiogram has a very important role in the diagnosis as well as in the therapy of children with Kawasaki disease. As children with Kawasaki disease can develop coronary aneurysms. To give you you a perspective, 25-30% to of children, if untreated, develop coronary aneurysms and these children can become lifelong a cardiac cripple. And obviously if you have aneurysms in the coronaries, some of them can get thrombosed and this can lead to sudden uh, myocardial infarction and death. So Kawasaki disease is not a benign disease, it is a disease which can kill children. It's, it's sometimes fatal and that is the concern and that is why there is a need to recognize and treat these children. Now when, do you, when you perform echocardiogram it is very important to note that often in the first week the echocardiogram would be normal and it is in the second week that these children develop coronary aneurysms and that is why even if at diagnosis the echocardiogram is normal one must repeat it at the end of two weeks when there is a maximum possibility of picking up these aneurysms. It is also important to reiterate the fact that the treatment should not be based on a echocardiogram. What, what do I mean? A negative echocardiogram should not make one defer the therapy. Children diagnosed of Kawasaki disease must be given the treatment, even if the echocardiogram is normal.
0: So the treatment for Kawasaki disease, our listeners would like to know, what are the treatment modalities available for Kawasaki disease? The
1: standard of care for treating a child with Kawasaki disease is intravenous immunoglobulin now this has been well established that intravenous immunoglobulin therapy significantly reduces the risk of coronary aneurysms in these children and the treatment is 2 gram per kg of ivig which is given over 12 to 24 hours and this is the standard of care along with this we would add aspirin initially in anti-inflammatory doses and subsequently in anti-platelet dose which is given for at least 4 to 6 weeks uh, until the 6th week, echocardiogram is reported normal.
0: So, IVIG followed by aspirin, these are the two important medications in the treatment of Kawasaki disease. Are there also other treatment modalities available for this disease which has serious implications on the coronaries?
1: Yeah, that's an important question. There are at least 20% of children who do not respond to the first dose of IVIG. We call them the IVIG resistant Kawasaki disease and these children would need additional therapy either in the form of steroids or biologics like infliximab and other agents like cyclosporin. But I would say these children need to be treated on case to case basis. However, there are at least a few high risk group of children with Kawasaki disease who may require upfront therapy with steroids along with IVIG like infants presenting with kawasaki disease a child with kawasaki disease who presents in hypotensive shock a child with kawasaki disease who has macrophage activation syndrome a child with kawasaki disease who's got coronary aneurysms at presentation must be treated with IVIG and steroids and they may need much more therapy based on the clinical discretion
0: Dr. Sagar, you very rightly emphasize that Kawasaki disease is not a benign disease and it has to be treated in time for a better outcome. I'm sure our listeners would want to know what is the long term prognosis of these patients who've had Kawasaki at a young age.
1: Now, children with Kawasaki disease, as I told you, the morbidity and mortality is because of involvement of the coronaries. Now, those children who do not have coronary involvement, say in the first two months of their illness, have good long-term outcome. The long-term studies have shown that they essentially have near-normal outcomes. On the contrary, children who have moderate to giant aneurysms on long-term follow-up are now known to present with young uh, with myocardial infection at a young age. So, what I mean to say is that. Now there are follow-up studies from Japan and from the West wherein into the third decade and fourth decade of these their lives of those children who were treated for Kawasaki de- disease at a young age develop myocardial infarction and often need the um, coronary artery uh, bypass surgeries and those kind of uh, uh, surgical interventions are essential. So this is no way a simple disease and this has got implications even on follow-up and The current recommendations also tell us that any person who develops myocardial infarction at a young age, I would say below the age of 40, with no classical risk factors for MI must be thought to have a possible missed Kawasaki disease in childhood.
0: This just highlights the fact that though Kawasaki disease is a one-time illness, the implications are long-term and these children need to be followed up even as long as the third and fourth decade. Dr. Sagar, would you like to conclude by giving us one important message about Kawasaki disease?
1: A very important message would be that Kawasaki disease is a common disease. It is a form of vasculitis that commonly affects young children, unfortunately, it is crossly underdiagnosed. If clinicians start recognizing this condition in time, all these children can be treated, and we can definitely provide a very good Immediate and long term outcome. So, in any child who presents with fever for more than five days, Kawasaki disease must be a differential diagnosis.
0: Thank you, Dr. Sagar, and thank you to our listeners for joining us today. As we discussed today, Kawasaki disease is the most common vasculitis in young children, and as parents and pediatricians, we should diagnose these children within the first few days so that they can be treated with treatment modalities like IVIG, aspirin and few other medications for a better long-term and short-term outcome. Thank you.